Good afternoon, listeners. Happy Monday. Am I right? You got a case of the Mondays over there, huh? Huh? <laughs> this is how it goes. That's right. Every Monday that we do our podcast, this is how it <laughs> has to be. That's right. Well, we both just got off work. Um, I'm your host, Will Brost, and uh, calling in freshly after work is Patrick Anderson. Um, thank you for... grind. Yeah, it, it's been quite the grind. You know, the old eight-hour work shift and then uh, a couple hours of additional work what we do is hard and it's hard work yeah yeah it's it really takes a lot out of out of me absolutely we we uh, demand to be taken seriously because wow you know we listen to a lot of records and sometimes they're bad so you know (laughs) so you should feel you should feel sorry for us that's right but that's the beauty about this podcast patrick is we're not talking about any bad albums it goes against the whole point of a recommendations podcast. That's right. This is the quarter three, I guess 2019 quarter three recommendations podcast. So in the past with these quarterly podcasts, we've, uh, you know, kind of done a, a discussion on a select group of albums and then given in individual recommendations. But with this new format, we're doing just recommendations from the third quarter of 2019 uh, so July, August, September 2019, our favorite releases are going to be in this podcast if we didn't already talk about them on prior podcasts. So if you're wondering, like, well, why aren't they talking about Lana Del Rey this time or Bon Iver? Well, go check the previous podcast. We probably already <laughs> talked about these. But when you take away uh, those albums, there's still plenty of albums to discuss. So each of us uh, came mm-hmm. up with a list of four that uh, we wanted to bring to the table for recommendations. Um, I don't know what you picked. You don't know what I picked. There's a good chance no, that... Uh, what's that? They're not a clue. Yeah, you, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably have a clue, but <laughs> I've, I've probably been spamming you <laughs> with like, oh, no this... <laughs> <laughs> you don't know my taste at all. And yeah. <laughs> so we kind of have a good idea of... Uh, what each other's potentially going to pick. So we're pretty good at staying away from recommended, uh, recommending the same album. Um, so with that, each of us has four albums to talk about today. Uh, let's get started. Uh, who wants to uh, go first? It's, uh, <laughs> your call, man. I'll, I'll go first. Why not? Why oh, not? wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm taking initiative. <laughs> I, I'm the alpha of this podcast. I'm taking initiative. Um, do it. And as alphas tend to do, I'm going to recommend an emo record right off the bat. Oh, wow. That is yeah, exactly <clears throat> yeah. what I would have expected. That's, that's right. Um, so yeah, I, we like to do awards with these, um, or at least I, I always do. You always do. And, uh, I remembered to I do, make them up on the spot. That's right. I remembered <laughs> to do them in advance and you like to go with the flow. It, it's, it's a nice dynamic we have. Um, so yeah, this award is my favorite emo record of 2019 so far. Um, nice. How'd you think of that one? It's, it's, uh, it really just kind of came to me. I I listened to this and I was like, wow, this is my favorite emo record of 2019 so far. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, inspire, (laughs) you you know, they're right. They're right. So, uh, you know, every year on my, there's always like one emo record that kind of finds its way onto my top 50. Um, you know, in the past it's been like the Hotelier and, uh, you know, Sorority Noise, you know, there's always one. 
And this year, I thought it was going to be uh, American football, their third self-titled record, uh, which I really like. And it'll still probably make my top 50. Um, but it is uh, surplanted. Surplanted? Is that even a word? It's been, it's been supplanted. out. Supplanted. Thank you. Thank, that's the word. Thank you. Uh, it was close. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, the point is I don't like the American football record as much as I like this new Oso Oso record. Um, nice. Basking in the glow. Um, so Oso Oso is a, a project of Long Beach singer-songwriter Jade Lilitri. Uh, from what I understand, like, yeah, it's technically a band, but he's kind of the mastermind behind everything, a la, you know, uh, Damon Albarn, Gorillaz type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So Basking in the Glow is his third album under the name Oso Oso. Uh, this is a musician that uh, got Best New Music from Pitchfork recently, but was originally recommended to us by none other than our friend Colin. So shout out to him. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, thanks, Colin. Uh, this record's great. Uh, it's not innovative, though. In fact, it's a bit of a throwback album. Uh, it kind of recalls many of the tropes that have defined recent emo pop and um kind of the golden age of uh what a lot of people would consider the golden age of indie rock like the early aughts um recalls a lot of those sounds um and it's so much of a throwback that i think if this record came out during that time it would be pretty popular um by indie standards um so not innovative but that's okay. I'm willing to forgive a lack of innovation if the execution is on point. And I think it is in this case. He's a very good songwriter. Um, this album is full of, uh, you know, just pure catchiness uh, from the instrumentation to the vocal melodies, the harmonies. He clearly knows how to compose a song. Um, I guess more specifically, he's great with choruses. Uh, he has a couple good bridges on here. Um, and a couple of nice outros as well, uh, especially on songs like Dig or the title track. Uh, those are two of my favorite tracks on here. Um, I think one of the other big appeals with this record is that it's consistent. You know, every song is of great quality. It doesn't really sound like he phoned it in on any of them. Um, there's not a ton of variety here. Um, there are some slow burners. There are some more upbeat jam type of songs. Uh, but you're getting a similar late summer aesthetic throughout the record. Um, it's a straightforward album. It's 10 songs of pleasant, catchy emo pop uh, with some lyrical tropes that one might expect from this type of record. You know, sadness, cynicism, past mistakes but trying to move forward and working for a better future, wanting to be more positive, etc. Um, so this is not the kind of record where I needed to sit down and you know try to figure out why people enjoy it. It's, uh, it's an incredibly solid indie emo record, um, but not much more than that. Uh, so I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. It's a pretty solid 8 out of 10, but uh, doesn't have that like wow factor to put it in that 9 nice. territory. Um, I imagine, yeah. I imagine you listened to it. What, it, what did you think? Did you like it? Oh yeah. I, I liked it. Uh, I, I definitely liked it quite a bit. Um, I think I agree with you very much on the point that it's not very, it's not groundbreaking really. Mm-hmm. It's just super solid all the way through. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I wasn't, you know, 
I wasn't blown away. I wasn't disappointed. I was just kind of like, this is a you know very solid project. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I was if I was scoring it, I'd probably be closer to like seven or you know, right somewhere around there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it for sure. Yeah, totally fair. It's um, it's probably more objectively a seven, but more of an eight for me just because I'm playing the absolute hell out of this record uh, whenever I'm going on walks driving in the car if it's very replayable it's so replayable it's really fun and it's it's the kind of record that I think would sound great at like a music festival during the day or something like that Um, I would love to see them live Uh, great energy very charismatic Uh, just just a it's a fun it's a fun emo record and uh there's not much more to say beyond that. So, uh, oh, so, oh, so basking in the glow. Um, check that out. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, good, where are you going to take us from here? Uh, not as light of a note. <laughs> Aha. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that is a solid record though. Good choice. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm going to move on to though an album that came out, uh, earlier in July. Okay. That has been a roller coaster of emotions, um, because of everything surrounding it and just because of the album itself. Right. Uh, I think I know where you're going the, with this. Yeah. This gets, yeah, this gets the posthumous scopy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the purple, the purple mountains self-title record from this year. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great album. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I imagine you listened to this too. I, I love it. I figured, um, I figured you would recommend it. Um, but I, I adore this record. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I really love this record. So for people that don't know what I'm talking about with this, it's very, very tragic. The, uh, creator of this band and silver Jews famed poet and songwriter, David Berman, passed away very uh soon pretty soon after this album released like i want to say after like a month or so right right before he was about to go on tour for it mm-hmm. um really really tragic so it's been you know it, it it was really exciting to hear this come out and then it just you know a lot of heaviness afterwards so there's a lot of you know that's what i mean by the roller coaster of emotion with this uh but you know the album itself too is very heavy in subject matter as well so even without all of the external stuff it's it's a it's a tough listen it's not unlistenable or heavy you know unlistenably heavy or inaccessible but it is a it is a, there are a lot of deep subject matters on here that are pretty dark but um yeah i absolutely love this record it's fantastic it's incredibly well written this is maybe the best songwriting that i've it's definitely like within the top three songwriting that i've heard all year um yeah it's got it's very grim but there's and the instrumentation on it is fantastic because there's airs levity on it um there's some there's a really good sense of humor throughout Mm -hmm. the record um it's it's a very realistic very human project um and it's been it's it's been something that's been sitting with me very very uh very well over the past few months 
um, hasn't really gotten old. So, um, yeah, it, there, some of the, there, every track really has admirable qualities to it. Kind of starts to lag towards the back end of the, uh, back end of the project. Really, honestly, the last two songs are the only real examples I would say of uh, slight lagging. Um, but nights that won't happen is, you wow. know, achingly beautiful. Wow. I love being my mother's son. Snow is falling in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. All my happiness is gone. I mean, it goes from super upbeat sounding, like, uh, but yet still tragic to songs like nights that won't happen, which are just, you know, dreary, bleak affairs of music. They're great projects. Um, yeah, like I said, some of the best lyricism that I've heard all year. I'm incredibly impressed. I'm very sad about David Berman's passing because of this, but I'm really glad that this project came along this year. Um, like I said, though, I don't have all praise for it. I think that um, it is a very, it is a really good album. I think the last two songs are okay, but they they're they lack the wow factor of pretty much the rest of the project and honestly if it wasn't for the last two it would be like a goddamn flawless piece of work Mm -hmm. um you know it cohesively it's uh it's it's all right it's mostly the songwriting that really takes it to the next level um so i do love this album there's a couple things that i'm like "Eh." But for the most part, it's you know it's fantastic. So it's a very, very, very solid eight out of ten. Nice from me, and a huge recommendation. Probably one of the first albums I would recommend to people this year, even though it's like not the highest score I'm giving. Right, right. Like I um I love this record, uh, before and after context. Um, like I was already loving this record. I actually planned on seeing them. Uh, I guess two weeks or so after his death. Um, mm-hmm. And with, with the context, you know, it's difficult to listen to this record uh, because it is very much a depressing record in a lot of ways. And uh, his, his death was ruled a suicide. Um, so it's it, that aspect, I guess, can't be ignored, but you, you nailed it. Like the songwriting on here is just phenomenal. Um Snow is falling in Manhattan is just gorgeous. Nights that won't happen, just as gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, two incredible songs that are among my favorites of the year. Um, and the light, the lighter hearted moments, like the opening track, for example. Um, yeah, they're they're great. You know, folk rock songs. Uh, he he. There there's a good amount of uh, variety on here in a way. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it is funny. It, it, it's weird. You know, there's, we're talking about, you know, the, the tragedy with this record. There are some, um, kind of comedic relief elements to this record. There was a lyric yeah. toward the back end. I really liked it was like, um, uh, I guess if no one's fond of fucking me, then I guess no one is fucking fond yeah. of me. Like that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a great one liner, you know, and there's, that's all over the record. It's kind of this sardonic sarcastic humor that you might find on like a father john misty record in, in some aspects um but yeah, yeah great it's even bleaker than it's even bleaker than like he takes it to a different level than father john misty almost too it's just like 
you know, it's, I would say it's even funnier in certain aspects because of how, it, well, maybe not funnier, but it's more, it's more uh, impactful because of how, like, how just really like self-effacing he really is. Yeah, right. <laughs> or self-deprecating. Right. He, yeah. he's he's not afraid to say anything on this album and that's that's awesome it makes me want to go back and listen to some of the acclaimed silver jews records honestly like right. um anyway rest in peace david berman i i love i love this album too yeah nice yeah so uh yeah purple mountains self-titled um i'm gonna switch over to um I'm getting really I'm getting really creative with these uh, award titles. The last one was my favorite emo <laughs> record of 2019 so far. This one is uh and you probably have an idea where I'm going with this. Uh my favorite radio pop record of 2019 so far. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> um so there are, you know, plenty of pop releases from this year that have captured my attention. Um I, I love a lot of pop records, especially over the last few years as I've kind of branched into the you know various pop subgenres um you know the the latest records from Nilufer Yanya and uh Jason uh Lana Del Rey Charlie Bliss and of course Wise Blood Queen of the Podcast um mm. I love a lot of pop records that came out this year however you know pop music that's geared toward mass appeal and radio play is often a little frustrating for me um because Though I enjoy a lot of it, you know, I enjoy the latest albums from, say, uh, like Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande, Lizzo. You know, I, I enjoy those records, but there, there's so much compromise on those that, like, the overall result becomes pretty uninteresting. It, it's enjoyable, Ooh. but it's it's sonically very safe most of the time. Agreed. Right. So, but there is a radio pop album or at least a pop album that recently came out that can appeal to both radio listeners and dumb nerds like myself who just want to hear like interesting music. <laughs> this new Charlie XCX album uh titled Charlie totally delivers on that balance. Um you know I'm going to introduce Charlie XCX like people don't know who she is but she's an English right, right she's an English pop artist. Um, this is her third album, though it's worth noting she's had like a bunch of mixtapes and EPs since her last album five years ago. Um, what I appreciate about this record is that she's willing to take risks. Like, she's made a bunch of choruses for songs that like entered the pop stratosphere and aren't too interesting, but they just sound good. Kind of like what I normally dislike about a lot of radio pop. Um, so she, she could easily have just gone that route and made a ton of money, but she takes a lot of risks on this album. Uh, the song click, for example, is this really warped and wacky song that, uh, features some like weird synthesizers and like these really intrusive bass drops that remind me of like, you know, some of Sophie's music, um, Mm -hmm. from last year. Uh, the song Shake It is like this strange posse cut that has – the verses are much more catchy than the chorus. The chorus is like this really quiet, heavily modulated chorus of people whispering the words shake it. And it, it doesn't – it's not what you expect out of a pop chorus, but the verses pop with this really 
panicky sound. Um, the thong, uh, the thong, the song thoughts. <laughs> I've been looking at that album cover. I'm just kidding. Uh, the, <laughs> the the song thoughts is it, it's very abrasive and frankly I find it pretty annoying. But I love it for that because it's on this you know pop record that's supposed to sell a lot of copies. I love it for that. Um, for a mainstream pop record, there are a lot of adventurous and ambitious moments on here. Um, you know, I mentioned Sophie. This isn't like entirely a Sophie record or anything. Uh, there is some compromise, but she works with plenty of artists on this album that helped popularize that type of abrasive Sophie pop music. Um, so there are some connections there. Uh, you know, there's outside of the experimentation, there's plenty to love about this album. Um, I guess some of the more straightforward, or at least kind of the somewhere between straightforward and experimental, there's there's some uh, middle ground. A lot of those songs are really great as well. Uh, Next Level Charlie is like an absolute banger. I've been playing it like practically nonstop. Uh, has this weird vocal modulation to it. Uh, Cross You Out with Sky Ferreira is this really sprawling industrial pop song that shouldn't work, but when that chorus comes in, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is great. I love it. Um, and I love the juxtaposition between the clearly throwback song 1999 and the clearly futuristic song 2099, both featuring Troy Sivan. Mm -hmm. um, she nails both styles. Like maybe the 2099 appeals to me more, but if I'm the kind of person who loves 1999 era pop music, that song is fucking great as well. Um, however, uh, it's a pretty inconsistent record. Uh, it's front loaded for the most part. Uh, the middle is a bit of a mess. Um, I definitely love this album mostly because of how much I love the standout tracks from it, not because of how much I, uh, love the experience as a whole. Um, the issue with some of the lesser songs on here isn't that they necessarily sound bad. It's just that they kind of creep into that uninteresting realm of pop music that I mentioned earlier. Um, songs like Warm featuring Haim or Blame It On Your Love featuring Lizzo. It, it's just, it gets a little too compromised at some points. Um, I kind of wish she kept that experimental energy for the entirety of the record. Then it might be like, one of my favorite pop records of the decade, really. Um, but alas, I got to factor in these songs I don't care about when I'm discussing the album as a whole. Um, but overall, I'm quite impressed uh, with this record. I'm, I'm always happy to, you know, kind of discover a new pop artist, especially one that actually does have some accessibility uh, and some, uh, what do you call it, like mass appeal. Um, the features on right. here... Uh, same kind of thing where it's a bunch of names that you kind of instantly dismiss but uh when you actually listen to the record they for the most part make a lot of sense and they sound good um i'm going a, a very soft eight out of ten but an eight nonetheless because i do love it nice yeah all right cool yeah yeah i i i was impressed by this album too i thought that it was yeah i, I hadn't really listened to much of hers before and i really didn't know really what the features were that she did until you were pointing them out and i was like oh i actually like those but yeah i was impressed the sophie comparison is really 
I think that that's something that people have been throwing around quite a bit lately, but it, it actually is perfect. Right. And she, and she has worked with PC music, uh, in the past. So it, it you know, same kind of, same kind of thing as Sophie there. Um, so she has those yeah. roots and again, it's just, I just love the idea that she could be throwing out like the number one hit song time after time again, yeah. but she chooses to do this interesting stuff instead. Um, so that's, I just love that as a, as a fan. So yeah. yeah. And it works out really well too. Yeah. Right. Nice. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Charlie XCX shout out. Cool. I'm glad that you like that one. Um, I'm going to go, uh, from mine into kind of the experimental ish mm. world, like what you're at, mm-hmm. not super experimental really, but, um, indie also not pop. Okay. This is the, let me think the third eye scopey <laughs> dude we talked we already talked about the tool record i, I don't know what you want <laughs> we did that last podcast Damn it. yeah <laughs> well hang on a second <laughs> things have changed so much since then. <laughs> yes i gotta talk about it again <laughs> um this is no much better than the tool record yes uh this is the new jenny Vol, yes. Pronounce it. Yes. Vol, very I, nice. I, I'm not sh- totally sure if that's how you pronounce it, but that's that's her name. H V A L. Um, the practice of love. Nice. Uh, yeah. Damn. Really, really fucking good. I didn't think I was gonna like this album as much as I did. I listened to. I remember um, her previous album, uh, Blood Blood Bitch. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think it was like 2016. I liked it. Um, I wasn't like blown away by it, but you know, so it was like kind of expecting that same kind of thing. But uh, damn, I mean, she really committed into this like this this sort of pseudo uh, hippie psychedelic like third eye, like I said, style. But it works out really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very meditative. It's very existentially like existential grasping. Um, yeah, it's really, really interesting. The, the songwriting on this project is really well done and it's a very tight project mm. with 34 minutes, which I've been just loving lately having 34 minute projects because of here, here, you know, the, glut of the glut of an <laughs> hour and a half long projects that we, that we get from everybody. <laughs> like I'm almost immediately like, Oh, 34 minutes. This is probably going to be like, an eight out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's a very tight project and all the songs really hold their weight really well. Um, and it's a conceptually very consistent project. Um, I yeah, the the high points of this are like the the first track in, it comes in very very interesting with you know very hypnotic but and very sort of like psychedelic and meditative, um, but also very harsh kind of too, very like almost overwhelming with the swelling instrumentation and that and the growing of the loudness throughout um so it's really interesting then the high high alice the second track is really accessible and catchy and 
you know, still sticks with that same sort of like ethereal feel that happens through this accident, you know, one, two, three, it's just like, and then the title track, it starts to like really knock things off. Like as it goes, um, the back end of it, uh, there's, you know, a little bit of like some, it gets, it gets slightly old towards the, the back end of it after the practice of love, the title track. Um, and then there's like, a um, I think ashes, yeah, ashes to ashes with this, which is like almost spoken word, mm. uh, track with some heavy instrumentation behind it, which is interesting, but it is, uh, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't really hold up from listen to listen to listen. It's a tough thing to do that. I think it's a tough thing to pull that off. So I don't fault anybody for ever trying to do like skits or spoken word inside their album but damn like it's an ambitious and hard thing to really pull off like on a recurring basis so mm-hmm. and this time it's like okay but it you know when i go back and listen to it that's usually like where i'm ready to skip at um so you know and then uh ends pretty well with the track ordinary um i a little bit left with like 34 minutes so it's a short album but i'm still left with uh, the feeling of like uh wanting a little bit more it it's an interesting introduction and going into the middle um but then towards the back end it kind of like you know it it leaves off on a note of like oh uh, okay i guess we're done now and then i just really want to listen to the first part of the album again so, you know, there's some slight complaints there, but none of the tracks on here are, like, bad by any means, really. They all have their place, and that's what, something that I'm very impressed by this is uh, one of the most consistently conceptual indie projects that I've heard this year. And, yeah, I've been going back and forth, like, do I really love this album? Mm. Is it just appealing to the woo-woo side of me? Is it just, <laughs> like... You know, like like all this, like so. Uh, you know, that alone says some stuff. It is a fascinating project. I do like it uh, quite a bit. Um, so I, I with this one, I'm like, like you said, kind of with Charlie, like soft, soft, uh, mm-hmm. eight out of ten. Very nice. I um I listened to this record, yeah. but only once, and it's so, like you said, it, it is a different, interesting record and so i i don't feel comfortable sharing my thoughts after just one listen uh, uh, that, mm. I, that was like a week ago or whatever but uh yeah i think my issue with the not my issue i don't even know why i said that. my my issue with excuse me my issue with a lot of other records that try to do the same thing is that they aren't like progressive enough musically like they only yeah. they kind of half-ass it but this one's like a really interesting record so yeah yeah, it's distinct in in the field of, you know, <clears throat> meditative like third eye kind of psychedelic rock, which is a hard thing to do. Right. So I was, I was, I'm definitely impressed by this. Yeah, very, very nice. Uh, Jenny Haval and uh, what the promise of love is that? Is that what it is? The pra- the practice of love. The practice. Of, yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Very nice. Very close. Yeah, I was like, I was pretty close. I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, the promise also, of love is the best this, emo record of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, 
it's definitely either a group or an album that's named the promise of love. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> yes um uh, i was gonna say real quick mm-hmm. i like i i was throwing out the word third eye like as as a way to categorize this and like people might be like oh that's just a blanket term mm-hmm. but the album cover literally mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. on some third eye shit mm-hmm. so like <laughs> so that's that's where my rationalization comes in. and usually we use the term third eye as like kind of derogatory meme stuff but yeah like so i was wondering like why would you recommend a third eye album then i'm like oh right the album cover literally is on some third eye stuff the third eye yeah <laughs> so so i get it um very nice choice um we're gonna be switching from one interesting album to another. Um, I'm calling this... I like when that happens. Exactly. Right, right. Um, this one is, uh, I, I called it the most confusing album of the quarter. Um, confusing in terms of kind of what's going on. Confusing in terms of how I actually feel about it. Still kind of up in the air in some ways. Um, at this point, I really like this album. Uh, but I appreciate it more than I like it. Um, on the recent okay. Boney Vare podcast we did, you know, I I noted that many of those songs felt it was weird because they they kind of felt underwritten and undercooked, despite the artist clearly trying to do a lot. Um, so it, which is a it's kind of tough to pull that off. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot going on on that Boney Vare record, but. There are a ton of moments that I like and a ton of moments I don't like, and the songs ultimately don't come together for me as a whole. This is similar to how I feel about the new album from Bandcamp legend Sandy Alex G, um, mm. titled House of Sugar. So, what? Uh, so, Will, you gave the Von Iver record like a 5 out of 10 or something like that. <laughs> I like how my imaginary guy there didn't even do the research. He was just like, yeah. you gave it a five, I yeah. think, or something like that. I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, so, okay. So why am I recommending the Sandy Alex G project? Uh, if I only thought the Bony Bear one was just okay. This album has great songs on it. And it's, it's simple as that. It's, <laughs> it's many of the same criticisms, but I actually like most of these songs. Um, I very frequently love what I'm hearing on this record, but it, it is all over the place. It's, it's disjointed and it's un, it is unpredictable during your first listen. Um, but he is clearly like a wonderful musical mind full of great ideas. Like project two, for example, is like an odd vaporwave track. Uh, Bad Man is sung with an intentionally heavy, twangy country accent, but it works. Uh, Sugar features these weird vocoder vocals, and Sugar House Live, which is live from St. Louis, by the way, uh, it sounds like one of the more laid-back Bruce Springsteen type of songs. Um, I I never knew where this album was going during my first listen, uh, it contains elements of lo-fi music, indie rock, country, folk, electronic, jazz, who knows what else. It, it's everything. Sometimes he blends these elements together, 
Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he'll just do a folk song. But sometimes he'll kind of get, you know, create a gumbo on a track and let you figure out what's going on. It's very mysterious in that aspect, and he's a pretty mysterious guy. Um, but it, this album is strange, but it kind of has this, like, very strange, unconventional beauty to it. Like, there are some gorgeous songs on here. Uh, Gretel, Southern Sky, Crime. They're beautiful songs, and, like, his mm-hmm. his mix of elements fuses so well on those songs, and, and they come out great and seriously, very, very aesthetically pleasing. Um, but these moments often combine into something that isn't very satisfying. Uh, it, it very rarely does it coalesce into something that like I can hear in isolation and be completely impressed with. Um, it's more of a sequence of one great idea after another for the most part, as opposed to one great song after another. Um, the album is a little directionless and unfinished, but it's an enjoyable album, and it's one that has been growing on me as I continue to adjust to it. So maybe it'll, you know, I'll continue to, uh, you know, uh, it'll continue to grow on me, perhaps. Uh, but for now, I'm going 7 out of 10 on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and, and you know, I wasn't totally floored because I did listen to, uh, I want to say it's Rocket a couple of years ago. And that album's pretty similar in some yeah. ways. But I, I kind of gave up on that record after one listen because I was like, okay, this isn't really for me. Now that I'm listening to this one multiple times, I'm starting to kind of get what people like about Sandy Alex G. Um, so hopefully by yeah. the time the next record comes around, I'm going to be like all in on him, I hope. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with you on that because I was, yeah, I, I, this album like was kind of like all over the plates for me too. Because yeah, there are some really great songs on here, but sometimes I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it's so hard to pin down. Um, yeah. Worth worth noting. Uh, you know, he's famous for his Bandcamp stuff, but he's recently famous for his work on Frank Ocean's Blonde album. Uh, that's I think where a lot of people kind of turned on to him. They're like, oh, who is this guy that's so heavily involved in this decade-defining album, you know? So uh, he's clearly got some great musicality. He's brilliant in some ways, arguably. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm just waiting for that that one album for it to all come together front to end. Uh, Maybe that's the next project, but uh, I don't think it's this one for now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I'm definitely more intrigued by him now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Nice, good pick. I was I was wondering if uh, if you were going to talk about that one. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of, well, it's it's gotten praise and it hasn't gotten praise. It got, I guess, 8.6 yeah. or something from Pitchfork and then Needle Drop kind of panned it. So, uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. that kind of album. It's a pretty polarizing. It's, and that, totally fair like on both accounts like absolutely people really not liking it really liking it like yeah i absolutely get any sort of stance you want to take on that record i i totally understand Mm -hmm. it so but not me i'm at a i'm at a (laughs) i'm at a seven i am not really taking a side i'm just like i thought it was good (laughs) (laughs) but you're like middle of the road (laughs) i'm like i definitely like it but i i I, you know i kind of soft like it for now so uh yeah 
Sandy Alex G nice. House of Sugar. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a good pick. Thank you. Um all right. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll uh we'll keep it in the indie world. Mm. Um I'll give it I'll give it a chance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well, well <laughs> No, not chance the rapper. Oh god. Oh uh, god. <laughs> chance and tool. <laughs> you had me guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been quite the quarter. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> these are my only recommendations <laughs> a three and a two <laughs> not a great quarter no <laughs> uh, no let's uh, um this this is i'm trying to think of a scoping name for this one. Oh my this gosh one kind of a hard one to, <laughs> just do what i did of. and just pick a dumb like i'll give it yeah the in the indie darling nice. um scopey okay interesting I'm not even sure if this is like an indie <laughs> darling, but it's like my indie darling. I'll I'll be the I'll be the judge of it because right now I'm not sure where you're yeah. going, but I'm excited to find out. That could be a lot of projects. <laughs> it's like we already talked about Lana Del Rey, Pat. We yeah, <laughs> we have purple mountains. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, no, this is the my indie darling of quarter three. Um, and something I think has been a little overlooked, uh, the Black Belt yes. Eagle Scout record. Nice. Okay. I, I almost, I, was, I, was, I almost put this one. Hell yeah. Okay. But I'm glad to hear that you assumingly liked it. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> not like you're like, yes, I want to talk shit on <laughs> No, 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 no. This is a good one. Yeah. Oh, I really, really like this one. I think it's one of the more overlooked projects of this quarter. Um, even though it's been getting like solid praise, I just think that it deserves a little bit more um, because I think it's that good. Uh, yeah, so new project from Black Belt Eagle Scout uh, at the party with my brown friends. It's uh, this is the first project I've heard from them. Mm-hmm. Um, singer songwriter Catherine Paul's group. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't really heard too much from them before, but. This is my this is yeah this is my introduction and yeah I'm very impressed really really well songwrite or really good songwriting on this uh, very well written instrumentally though oh yeah it's like can't this is this is just a, a very appealing just ear candy indie project and uh, Catherine Paul's voice also just complimenting this is just fantastic great chorus work great uh like i said great lyricism great verses great instrumentation very very tight packed record liking these tight records yes this quarter liking these nine eight track <laughs> projects uh this quarter um yeah this is a really solid project um opening the opening song at the party is like one of the best openers that I've heard this year. Uh, My Heart Dreams is one of, maybe one of the best songs I've heard this year. Mm. Um, really not like too much like filler on this either. Like I would say that like, you know, six, seven, you know, eight, maybe like those tracks are like maybe the weaker parts of the album. Again, kind of a front loaded album, but you know, even even in the middle with like four and five, Run It To You and Real Lovin', um, those are great tracks. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so like back towards the back, it's, you know, a little bit predictable, I, w- I guess I would say. Um, but, you know, I, I ultimately, I don't really have many complaints with this. It's just like a very instrumentally sound, bright, like shimmery, and also very introspective project um, that has a lot of really good, like heart to it and character. Um, yeah, I, I've been very impressed by this project. It's been one of the most replayable albums that I think I've had this quarter. Um, you know, that I think that I, I'm kind of in line in a way with what you're saying about Oso oh Oso oh is like, I've listened to this album front to back, one, because it's pretty short, mm-hmm. um, and two, because it's that enjoyable. Front to back, I've listened to this more than like quite a few other projects this year. Um, but it, it, it isn't anything that is groundbreaking or, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't really reinvent anything. It plays it a little safe in certain aspects, but the execution on it is very solid. Um, and I, I think that, I think that it's just something that I'm really glad that I checked out and I'm really excited to like, look forward to any other projects from, from this, from this group. Um, yeah, I, I, this one, uh, it's like the highest praise of a seven out of 10. I think I could give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, yeah, there's really not too much else to say about it. I just, uh, you know, very, very solid project. Very nice pick. Um, I, uh, I consider, you know, like I mentioned, I considered recommending it as well. And then I remembered you like sent a song from this album in the, in the chat or something like that. Uh, so I'm like, Oh, maybe he'll, he'll talk about this one. Um, mm, yeah, but it is nice. Good. good yeah, it, it is very good. Uh, I, I kind of listen to it. It's a, it's a pretty relaxing record. So I like to listen to it, you know, when I'm like laying down and kind of cooling off after work or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. There is kind of this uh, this nice, like, socially conscious quality to it that I like. Uh, Catherine Paul, uh, I guess, grew up on an Indian reservation. Um, and so this, this the whole idea, I guess, as, uh, you know, uh, at the party with my brown friends, it's kind of like an ode to all of the, you know, people of color that have, like, uh, you know, helped her through life, uh, you know, as a, as a minority. So it, it's kind of cool because that theme kind of... Um, uh, it kind of sees its way into a lot of the lyrics and the songs on here. Um, it, it's yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, I I agree though. I think my heart dreams it, like the beginning of the record. I think is like my favorite part of the record here. Um, yeah, yeah, very very good, very good choice. Um, yeah, very nice. Uh, Black Belt nice. Eagle Scout yeah. at the party with my brown friends. Great title, like great band name, great album name. Like that's, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's a long, long uh, title and band name, but for some reason it just works. Like it rolls off the tongue really, really well. Right, like Black Belt Eagle Scout sounds awesome. Like that, that that's just sounds great. spectacular. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's a fantastic uh, band name. <laughs> right, right. Um, so you know, you've mentioned a couple times now you like these tight, short projects. Um. Yes, Now's yes. my turn, yeah, because I too like short, tight projects, especially this year for whatever reason. Maybe it's just my attention span or maybe it's because I'm, you know, every time I see like an album that's an hour long, I just know 
that there's going to be a couple tracks that just aren't good or like didn't need to be on the record or something. Um, I don't know that, but that's been the case for like most of these records. Like when I saw the Young Thug record, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. this doesn't need to be this yeah. long. Here we go. But um, so here we go. Okay, this la- this last one, you know, ironically the review might be long. Um, but stay stay with me here. I'm calling this the Podcast Format Abandonment Award. Okay. Ooh. I'm abandoning the format for my last one. There we go. All right. Okay. I'm scared. So what's gonna happen? <laughs> this is the part where I should be talking about an album from quarter three, right? How about instead I talk okay. about two EPs from quarter two? How about oh, I do Oh, all right. <laughs> so okay. So it is it is interesting. A, it is a slight reach, but um these albums EPs rather either came out after we did the quarter two podcast or I listened to them after we did that podcast. They both came out on June 21st. So it's close Mm. enough to quarter three. Like right there. It's right there. And like, we probably did the podcast like that day or like right around it. Um, So I I am cheating the system a little bit. I I do admit, but uh, I wanted to talk about these EPs because they kind of have this interesting sister project quality to them and uh they're both from pretty underground artists so giving them some exposure i think is is great too um let's do it yeah so <clears throat> buck in the system that's right so two two eps from two new york rappers came out on june 21st perhaps coincidentally perhaps not i'll get into that a little bit later the first project is the plugs i met um in, yes. Yeah, yes. right. Right. Exactly. Right. And I actually thought this came out in the third quarter because I listened to it like in July. Um, same with this right, other yeah. one. So this is an EP from New York rapper Benny the Butcher, who is aptly named. Uh, this is a menacing, grimy, violent, drug centric, coke rap, street shit type of rap album. Um, th- I'll just get the big negative off the bat. This project is almost exactly what you expect from the type of rap music I just described just now. Um, it is not innovative and arguably less innovative than the Oso Oso record. Uh, it is a throwback in many ways. Uh, it's uh, it, I wouldn't say it's boom bap because the production is a little more modern, but it appeals to that same type of... Uh, if you like boom bap, you're probably going to like this album. Uh, fans of, I guess, Mob Deep and The Locks specifically might really enjoy this one. Um, but kind of like that Oso Oso record, I'll listen to familiar music if it's executed well. And this is, you know, it's tight. It's an EP. It's just one great, cold-blooded, hard-nosed song after another. Um, the production is cold it's a little unwelcoming. Um, it's got those nice icy pianos that you come to expect from New York street rap. And this is one for the hip hop fans who love bars, like ton of wordplay, a lot of multi-syllable rhymes, um, great imagery and storytelling in the lyricism. Every verse on here is fucking great, uh, from a hip hop, you know, traditional rap fan perspective. It's such a consistent record in that regard. Benny kills it every single time, and the guest features are great as well. But they don't 
outshine Benny. Like, Benny holds his own. Um, but there's so many good guest features on here. Uh, Black Thought, Pusha T, Jadakiss, some decently big names for such an underground artist. Um, and this album features a bunch of, you know, kind of lesser-known rappers, such as uh, Labelmate Conway, uh, RJ Payne, and 38 Spech, who has, like, maybe my favorite mm. guest verse all year. Love it. Um, if you're a fan of the Griselda Rap Collective which, you know, includes Benny the Butcher, also includes guys like West Side Gun and Conway, you're going to like this project. The Griselda crew is, uh, it, it's that, you know, I hate to use the real hip-hop thing, but, like, if you're, like, one of those real hip-hop guys, this is your type of record. It's great um, for what it is. So that kind of brings us to our second record, um, Benny the Butcher is in is in the Griselda Collective, like I mentioned. This artist is a former, <coughs> excuse me, a former member of the Griselda Collective, um, but is no longer with the group. Uh, there was a little bit of beef. Um, Benny the Butcher actually took shots at this guy uh, because he's quote unquote a weirdo whose lyrics are a bunch of quote unquote mumbo jumbo. Uh, he, he's not totally wrong from the perspective of someone who really commits to the traditional hip hop sound. This artist is a little weird, but another great EP from Mac Hami, uh, titled. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. This is a great one. Uh, Wapcon Joge. I think it's, I mean, I'm totally screwing this up. I'm sure. Um, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, the, I mean, he he raps in English, but sometimes he raps in like this Haitian French um, as well. It, it it is an oddball album, and I get why he and Griselda, you know, the Griselda crew aren't that cool anymore. Um, if only because there are some clear creative differences here. Um, now, I, I wouldn't say his lyrics are mumbo jumbo like Benny the Butcher would, but they are definitely more abstract. And they're more experimental. The entire thing is more experimental. It's a it's a little uh, less familiar, especially again if you're the kind of hip hop listener who's into real hip hop. Um, so it, it's uh, you know I, I like both records, but what I like about this record certainly in comparison to the Benny the Butcher record is that he'll take risks that Benny will not. Um, it too is a dark record. But it's not necessarily, like, grimy. It's more eerie. It's kind of creepy and unsettling in, in its darkness. It's not grimy. It's not that, like, that coke shit. Um, but it does kind of have this weird darkness to it as well. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's strange from the instrumentals to the song titles uh, to... His alternating delivery, which switches from spoken word flows to some, you know, slightly off-pitch crooning to kind of laid-back rapping. This whole EP is like a playground for him. He's definitely trying out a bunch of different ideas here. And the whole experience is kind of loose as a result. Uh, the production is often jazzy, and the approach to this project embraces the jazz ethos of just kind of like letting loose and playing whatever and having fun, feeling free, throwing out whatever creative ideas you have, just put it in there. Um, so what's a more succinct way to differentiate these opposing styles? 
Um, the plugs I met features Black Thought, Pusha T, and Jadakiss. Uh, Wap Con Joj features Quelly Chris and Earl Sweatshirt. So there you go. That's one way to look at it. It yeah. kind of it kind of tells you what each album's about. Um, it's difficult to say which project I enjoy more. Um, I normally prefer the more innovative record in a head-to-head. Um, so that scores a point for Makami. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that I listened to the Benny the Butcher Project more. Um, so it's kind of up in the air right now. I'll have to decide when we make our year-end lists. Um, but for right now, they're both 8 out of 10 for me. I love them both. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the, those those you both, both, both those you turned me on to. And damn, they're both... They're both very, very solid. I, I didn't even realize... I'm glad you liked them. Uh, I didn't realize Mac Homie was a part of the Griselda Collective at any point. I kind of found that out later. Um, I kind of want to thank Stereo Gum for some of that research. They had like this nice article that compares them and kind of dissects uh, you know, what kind of differentiates them. It, it's, a, it's a very interesting... Oh, nice. uh, what do you call it? It's an it it's an interesting uh, comparison, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, both are definitely good records, and they're on the same day, from the same place, from artists that used to work together a lot, but they couldn't really sound any different. Um, so I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to give them both some some uh, praise on this podcast, even though they're quarter two EPs. But you know, whatever. <laughs> that that our rules. That's right. That's right. Well, plus, I, you know, I was kind of struggling to do, to find a, a true quarter three that I wanted to talk about. Like, I was a little, you know, do I want yeah. to talk about Sergio Simpson? Kind of, but I'm not really totally behind that one. There were a couple of records like that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So, no, I, I get you. And now I'm like, maybe I should talk about a quarter two record. <laughs> yeah. Just talk about a 2017 record you just got around to. Like. Oh. Let's just talk about the low record from last year. <laughs> let's just talk about low, the record from David Bowie. Why yeah. not? Let's just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's go way back. <laughs> <laughs> Quarter three. Yeah. Um, so what's your last one or no. two or however? Well, I, it's funny. It's no, I'm not going to. It is funny though that you, that you said that because I had, I had first had um, a project on here that I thought was quarter three. Because mm. like I had only heard about it in quarter three, and everything that I had seen, like reviews and stuff, had come out in quarter three, but it actually was released in quarter one. Oh, but, so I was like, oh, that, I'm going to talk about that, but then I didn't. So I, I think it's too far back for me to justify it. Damn, understandable. But yeah, yeah. but uh, you'll probably see it make an appearance on my top 50 so i'll just keep it a secret Ooh, okay okay i'm excited um yeah but i'll talk about this one this quarter three i gotta be honest quarter three not not a stellar quarter overall honestly i've had there were some great projects that came through like the projects that we're talking about um that i've mentioned but this last one i had to kind of reach for yeah um because it it was kind of a a weaker quarter i might be missing some things that i you know I, I feel like i did pretty good on listening through quarter three but uh yeah it was a little disappointing and we had and, I would to, say. and and to note real quick we did talk about more albums this quarter technically 
um, because of our other podcasts. Sure. Like I easily could have recommended the JSOM or Lana Del Rey or something, but we already talked about those. So, um, so that's part of it too. This is true. Yeah. This is true. But, uh, but even so, I think I would, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been, Agreed. it's been okay. It's been a, it's been a decent one. Um, so, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll move on. My last project that I'm talking about, I don't dislike this project or else I wouldn't be recommending it. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, I don't have a fourth one. Um, but this, this last project I do like, um, and it is the scopey for an album that I didn't think I was going to like at all. Mm. And I actually like it mm. quite a bit. Um, and it is the, and I think it is considered an album. It might be like a mixtape or something, but it's the new M83 project. Oh, okay. Um, Digital Shades Volume 2. I don't know if you've gotten around to listening to this or not. Have yeah. not. I, I am curious, though. Did you think you wouldn't like it just because of junk? or? Um... Well, partially partially because of that and partially because of like what it is. Mm. Um, so what it is is kind of like an homage to like video games and Ooh. basically just nostalgia in general. Um, and you know hearing that at first i was like god you know i I was expecting i was willing to give it a chance but i was expecting it to just be kind of more like you know very shallow um half inspired kind of stuff like kind of like what we heard on junk Hmm. um but this one's really good it's uh it's very concise it nails the nostalgia aspect um, pretty well. It's very bright and shimmery, and it, it it doesn't. It's not too hokey. Like there's some definitely some like uh, tacky moments throughout here, but it's really it really accomplishes that aesthetic of like you know if like tacky moments from your favorite video games, right? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know they're corny. But like they're lovable all the same, and I, I yeah I gotta say I I think that I think that uh, uh, Alex Gonzalez like mm-hmm. nailed it this time around with this project. Um, it really is nothing special at all. Um, I, it's like it, very run of the mill electronic. You know that that sounds more negative than how I actually feel about it, but it really mm-hmm. is. It's like I. It's not very inventive by any means at all, and especially not in comparison to like some of the other stuff that M83 has come out with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so don't go into this expecting hurry up or dreaming or or anything like that. But uh, you know, I, I I was pretty impressed. There's some really nice moments of old video game sounds and old like. Um, just like the, the the structure of each track is done in a way that's very reminiscent of, you know, video games in general. And then just basically uh, entertainment as a child, as a child. Right. So just mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. They, it, it, it's a very pleasant project. And I, I think that I, I came away with it very le- much less cynical than I did going into it, which was like a really good, uh, it, was, <laughs> it was really good thing to a really good thing to happen <laughs> so uh yeah i some of my favorite tracks from the project are the uh the intro track hell riders is kind of like m83 as you know m83 very uh 
down tempo at the beginning and a slow build um, with some really nice backing instrumentation that comes in. It's very bright. Uh, the track Feelings is very emotive and charming. Uh, Luna de Fee, I think, is how I'm probably butchering anything that isn't, you know, English because that's, mm-hmm. I guess that's who I am. Yeah. But makes um, sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that that is a really nice uh, kind of soothing track. Uh, Lunar Sun is a track that I think that is kind of like what he wanted to do with Junk, which is like a very '80s kind of like uh, throwback feel. But you know, the unfortunate thing with Junk is that it, it sounded basically just like somebody had the fucking Happy Days theme song on for like 40 minutes on a loop and forgot to shut off the TV. And this actually accomplishes, you know, some sort of, like, looking back at your past as an adult with some fondness um, that, that this track does. And this album does that pretty well in general. Um, yeah, so, like I said, it's nothing special. Like, I recommend this album. I think that people can like it it's a very very easily easy to like album um there's really not a lot that's like great but there's nothing really like too bad about it either i think that that's the thing it's a very safe project but i think it's one of the best safe projects that i've heard this year if that Mm, makes sense sure um yeah so like i said did not expect to like this album but I've listened to it a decent amount, and I've come across, I've come come out of it pretty happy. So I'm giving it a recommendation for those those salty M83 fans that have had that have <laughs> been left with some pretty lackluster music over the past like five years. Um, seven out of ten. Very nice. I um I haven't listened to it um yet. I I, I hopefully we'll get around to it. But um, and I think I probably will now that you've recommended it. But it it did kind of appear to be something just completely different than like a regular album. Um, so I was a little like hesitant to uh yeah. to listen to that. But uh, no, that's that's good. It, yeah, people it, have been people have been labeling it as album, but you know it kind of feels like it's more of like a mixtape or you know yeah. something like that is. Yeah. I'm glad we can finally say some you know, if you were to only listen to this podcast, you would think M83 is not very good cuz all we did was cover junk. We haven't really, you know, <laughs> we both like Hurry Up You're Dreaming or Hurry Up I'm Dreaming. Um it's a really good record. I like Hurry Up You're Dreaming better. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, you're dreaming. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so yeah, that's our uh uh our quarter three recommendations when you take out uh the albums we already talked about but (laughs) Mm -hmm. some very good records kind of recommendations from those albums though honestly yeah i mean it was either do i record you know do i talk about a a quarter three record that i only kind of liked it would probably give a six or do i like talk about two eps from quarter two that i really loved i don't know um yeah so, yeah, so we're still adjusting to the new format in some ways uh, because I didn't really, you know, save myself many recommendations <laughs> toward the end there. But <laughs> that isn't to take away from the recommendations themselves. I highly recommend everything I talked about today. Um, I'm sure you do as well. 
And yeah. um yeah, this was this was fun. I think our next podcast might be uh I guess it kind of depends on what Kanye wants to do, but um he, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it it's it's either Kanye West or perhaps another group project uh, group podcast similar to what we've done over the past couple uh because there's been a lot that came out last week specifically and a lot that will be coming out this month. October is pretty stacked. Um so mm-hmm. we might get a couple podcasts in uh, this month because there's so much to talk about uh, during this month, during Spooktober or, or whatever, spooky season. Um, mm-hmm. Spooky so, season. That's spooky, right. Spooky, scary season. Spooky, scary season. <laughs> Perfect time for a Swans record. Uh, <laughs> and, and Nick Cave yes. and, and, you know, whatever else. So, um, yes. So thank you. Thank you for joining me once again on a Monday afternoon after work. Um that is much, that yeah. is much this appreciated. Is, this cured my case. That's right. Hopefully we can go back to uh, yeah. weekends after this. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Um, but yes, thank you for joining me. Thank you all for listening. Take a look at those recommendations, please. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.